to another episode of Keeping It Real. This is Jay. Today, a topic that is very important for the time that we're in. Wearing masks. N95s, not so much. People mostly wear cloth masks. What's the data? What are the stats, the scientific studies that nobody seems to be sharing? They're there. They've been done years ago. We've known about the truth of whether these masks can work or not for a while as far as spreading infectious diseases. So, do they help or not? Let's dig in now. There is actually a tremendous amount of data out there. Again, I want to create a real resource here for you that's unbiased so those that are for it can listen and those that are against it can listen and find out scientific factual truth to base their opinions on. I am not trying to sway you one way or another, okay? So just let's start with that. I do have my own opinions, but let me just present some information to you. We're going to stick to science, like I said. Now, contrary to popular belief, there's actually, like I said, tremendous amounts of peer-reviewed evidence, specifically randomized controlled trials, which are the best you can get looking at the efficacy of various types of masks in reducing the spread of infectious diseases. This is prior to the advent of COVID-19, the evil word that no one is allowed to say in the media because you get canceled if you're talking about it. So I'm taking a risk. But it's a huge part of our lives, so we need to talk about it without worrying about somebody canceling us for having a discussion. And one thing peculiar is how none of these studies or data that I have found is being discussed. If it's being quieted, if it's being pushed under the rug or hidden, then there's a reason for it. What it is, I'll leave you to decide. But let's get into the studies. Okay, peer-reviewed journals, cluster randomized trial of cloth mask compared with medical masks in healthcare workers. This is looking at a total of 14 different hospital settings in over 1,600 healthcare workers. That's a damn good sample size. So the study is randomized. The participants into three specific arms of the study. One arm uses medical masks or surgical masks all the time on their work shift, while the second arm, second group, 
wore cloth masks at all times on their work shift. And the third group, which was the control group, were allowed to do standard practice, which may or may not include mask use, which we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But this is our control group here that we're talking about. Again, this was a really well done study under these conditions where we have a lot of moving pieces and obviously face mask use is a visible intervention, by the way. So this points to the fact that this can't necessarily be a blinded study in the arena where it's taking place, but the laboratory results were blinded and laboratory testing was conducted in a blinded fashion. It's a lot of mumbo jumbo to go through. Some understand it, some don't. But again, this is a well done study. That's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of here. So the study has revealed the main outcomes measured in the study were clinical respiratory illnesses, influenza-like illnesses, and laboratory-confirmed respiratory virus infections. And the results of the study found the rates of all infectious outcomes were highest in the cloth mask group as compared to the control arm and compared to surgical masks. In fact, healthcare workers who were wearing cloth masks were 13 times more likely to experience an influenza-like illness than those wearing medical masks, a.k.a. the surgical mask. Again, in the study, not two times, not five times, not 10 times, but 13 times more likely to experience an illness when wearing the cloth mask. Now, this study is the first randomized controlled trial of cloth mask indicated, and the results were from the research actually cautioning against the use of cloth masks. <laughs> Interesting, huh? This is an important finding that should be used to inform occupational health and safety especially in the clinical setting, but also stretching that out into the population of all of us citizens because now a lot of us have to use these cloth masks. That's all I've ever used. It's the go-to when you're trying to control infection rates. So they tell you. So I've used a lot of these cloth masks and you know how it goes. You, you probably wear the same one over and over and you, you're touching it and adjusting it a lot and you're breathing in and out and moisture's getting caught up in it and you're rubbing your hands that have touched who knows what on this mask and it's collecting bacteria and viruses. <clears throat> oh, good Lord. I had to get that out. Sorry. So... Researchers were really trying to figure out why this was happening, the higher rates of infection. As I was just saying, the researcher said moisture retention, reuse of the cloth mask, like I just said I was doing, and I'm sure you all have done out there. I mean, you might do it for a week and then throw it away and get another one or a couple days or whatever, or just for the whole day, whatever. You're still getting bacterial 
and viral buildup and moisture retention on the mask. So poor filtration results in increased risk of infection from these masks. Further research is needed to inform the widespread use of cloth masks globally. However, as a precautionary measure, cloth masks should not be recommended. So that's the outcome from this peer-reviewed randomized controlled trial that took place before COVID-19, the evil disease from hell, came to disturb everyone's life and cause shutdowns, lock-ins, a whole world gone insane. So these people were a bit more logical in looking at some of this data, obviously. What's crazy about this is it got to the point where it's literally like people taking handkerchiefs out of their pocket or cutting up fucking whatever. I don't know, your dirty underwear, bras, anything. People just started putting shit over their face, whatever it takes. Just And that's what they were saying on the media, just some, wear something. Anything helps when in reality, look at the data. It's not a logical statement to say something like it. All the media has been spreading. The World Health Organization, Dr. Fauci. So what if we're putting something on our face that might be exacerbating the spread of infectious diseases? (laughs) Could it be? As crazy as it might sound based on our biases, but this is what the particular peer-reviewed randomized controlled trial that I just shared with you indicated. Now, another point of emphasis for this particular study that people who were just looking to affirm what they already believed, they're going to come back and say, well, the control group wasn't people who didn't wear a mask. So we don't know if wearing a mask is going to be effective in this particular clinical trial versus not wearing a mask. But what most people will fail to realize is that, yes, this control arm was given standard practice where they can wear a mask in situations that they deem to be necessary. But if you actually look at the compliance in the study, there's a compliance outline. There's a detail. There's a graph on this. Compliance was actually significantly higher in the cloth mask arm and the medical mask arm compared with the control group. The control group literally less than half of the time compared to the other groups wore masks. Half the time. And the data clearly shows that, actually again, you have to see the graph to almost believe this. They were not just very compliant in wearing a mask very often. So this is starting to lean into looking at, hey, what about the folks that aren't wearing a mask or aren't wearing a mask very often versus the two interventions in the data? And we can start to extrapolate some insights from this. Important to note, the rates of influenza-like illness were substantially higher in the cloth mask group compared to surgical mask control group who had, again, significantly lower mask compliance. But this is important as well, analyzing the effectiveness of both types of masks. 
as well as the control group against clinical respiratory illness and against laboratory-confirmed respiratory virus infection. Researchers stated, outcomes were not statistically significant between the three arms. This should be the takeaway from a study like that. I've just read off to you all the data points. We got two things. We're looking at influenza-like illness. Cloth masks can actually potentially increase the risk of infection. Overall, if we're looking at the other things that were tracked, which was, again, clinical respiratory illness and laboratory-confirmed virus infection, the outcomes were statistically significant with any mask. Now, another interesting aspect of this study, again, one of the big issues today is that people are window shopping. They're skimming. They're looking for headlines. They're looking for bits and pieces of data to support their bias. And there's this term called cherry picking, but folks who tend to cherry pick are the ones who likely tend to point cherry picking out in other people. When in reality, especially with such a contentious issue as the mask, we have to cross our T's and dot our I's. We need to really analyze the data. We really need to sit with it. We really need to play this out and look at things from every perspective. And if we're not doing that, we're just going to confirm I guess our own biases is what it turns out to be. So you have to look at it from both points of view and make sure that all the data lines up with what you are supposing is going to be your point of view. Otherwise, you're just making a wild guess based on social media or the media that is on TV or the politicians who are saying whatever they're saying. So let's look at real scientific studies and make your decisions based off that. The last study I read to you basically says you're more likely to get COVID-19 wearing a mask than not wearing a mask and other infectious diseases for various reasons. The moisture that is being contained, the retention of it inside the mask, it's perfect for catching and hosting bacteria and viruses. Plus, you touch the mask throughout the day. You move it. Your hands are usually dirty when you do this. You've been touching things and introducing it to the mask, then leaving it in a stagnant position for you to repetitively breathe in over and over And that gives it a great chance to be introduced to your system. So, just think about that first study. I'm just looking at number one. Which masks are going to be effective, if any of them? Because it didn't look like anything worked there in that other study. I want something logical. A facial covering is going to help Stop what? Droplets, aerosols, viral infections. I mean, that's what I want to know. But let's be logical. We're venturing into the realm of something that is abnormal for human design to do something like put a mask across your face. 
So I am just saying, at what point do we start to see diminishing returns? Or in fact, is it hurting people? Is there negative side effects? These are all logical questions to ask. So with all those questions, you got to dig into the data. Not looking for mask to be good or bad or effective or ineffective. I'm looking for logic. Just looking for truth. That's what everybody should be concerned with. Being able to have rational, healthy conversations about this stuff. Because the issue truly has shifted the whole world. This is why I want to have a resource for you to look at. Not to look at, to listen to. That would make more sense, right? Because you're not looking at it. Now again, let's dig deeper into another well-done clinical trial that we have. It's easily overlooked. The researchers stated that adverse events associated with face mask use were reported in over 40% of healthcare workers in the surgical mask arm and in over 42% of healthcare workers in the cloth mask arm, ranging from general discomfort to breathing problems. So nearly half of the healthcare workers in both groups experienced some form of adverse event. And just to give a preview of what's to come, we have these adverse events from putting these things onto our bodies. It's an indication our physiology is giving us symptoms in response to something. And it is evoking a stress response of some form. Now, does that balance out against reducing the risks, I'm sorry, of infectious diseases on fucking everyone? Well, we have to see. We have to take rational cost-benefit analysis and truly understand. The researcher stated, we provided the first clinical efficacy data of cloth mask with which it suggests healthcare workers should not use cloth masks as protection against respiratory infection. Cloth masks resulted in significantly higher rates of infection than medical masks and also performed worse in the control arm. The controls were healthcare workers who observed standard practice, which involved mask use in the majority, albeit with lower compliance in the intervention arms. And the control healthcare workers also used medical masks more often than cloth masks. Another really interesting thing again, this was done prior to all that happened in this world. The researchers stated observations, observations during SARS. They're referring to the SARS-CoV-1, another form of COVID. While back, observations during the SARS suggested double masking and other practice increased the risk of infection because of moisture, liquid diffusion, and pathogen retention. <laughs> Again, this is a different study. Double masking phenomenon is not new. It was something that was tested by researchers prior to this being part of our lexicon that we know now, right? Because everybody's heard of dumbass two and three mask fucking craziness being touted as a good defense against COVID. 
And I'm, you know, if you don't know any better, you're going to listen to whoever you think the authority is. Moisture retention and poor filtration resulted in increased risk of infection with the cloth mask. Cloth masks should not ever be recommended. Do you get that? These are two studies in a row in complete agreement. So why the hell is this shit happening? Well, the researcher's hypothesis is that moisture retention and kind of being a vector for pathogens could be a reason why cloth masks are increasing the risk of infection. A 2015 study conducted by scientists at Oxford University found that the accumulation of moisture during prolonged usage may exacerbate this problem by increasing resistance to airflow. Moisture accumulation is also thought to facilitate the movement of contaminants through the material of the mask itself. Now, this is happening in multiple types of masks. We're analyzing the efficacy of Three main types of masks that folks are aware of today being cloth masks, the main one everyone's using, surgical masks, i.e. medical masks, and N95 masks. You've heard about them. Study is seeking to explain what's happening when masks are worn for a notable amount of time, how it can start to have diminishing returns and possibly create a higher risk of infection in the wearer. At the end of this episode, I'll cover what we can actually do with this information because, again, it's a hot topic and something that it's created a divide in the United States. I can't just say United States. In the world, wherever you're at, it's created divide. It's being politicized. It's an issue, a serious issue about human health and above and beyond that, I would think our own God-given physical constitutional rights in America and everyone else because we are all the same. We are all human beings and every human being should have the same rights to decide to do what they want, what they see fit as long as they are not causing harm to others with their body. And this is one thing that is stupid that I hear over and over again is that people are not wearing masks are hurting other people. No, they're not. They're living. We've done it for whenever we crawled out of the amoeba pool or whenever God put us in the Garden of Eden since then to right now. There has not been a mask on a motherfucker's face and people do not live that way. And there is no proof that it is going to save other people. That was biased. That was my opinion. But I do believe it. But you kind of see the research is reflecting exactly what I'm saying. So, anyways... On to another meta-analysis of 19 randomized controlled trials, all right? 19 randomized controlled trials. These are really the upper echelon of peer-reviewed studies. 19 of them. Different studies. We'll talk more about the distinction of randomized controlled trials versus everything else coming up in a bit. But this is a good data set for us to extrapolate some information from. Actually compiled 
post-COVID-19. This is after it hit. On the scene, gathering data. And it's present from years, again, of randomized controlled trials. This was published in the International Journal of Nursing Studies, and it, it examined the effectiveness of masks in reducing infections in eight communities, settings, six health care settings, and five as source control. So let's go into the details of what all this is. We're going to go through the research stated and then going to dig in really to help us make sense of this because this particular study can easily be confusing for folks that are well-versed in understanding peer-reviewed evidence. Researchers noted that a total of 19 randomized controlled studies were included. Most of these randomized controlled trials use different interventions and outcome measures in the community. Masks appeared to be effective with and without hand hygiene. Both together are more protective. Randomized controlled trials in healthcare workers show that respirators, which are N95s, worn continually during a shift were effective, but not if worn intermittently. Medical masks were not effective and cloth masks were even less effective when used by sick patients. Randomized controlled trials suggested protection of well contacts whatever that means now we've got a mixed bag of data here it looks like we've got some effectiveness with masks in the community setting but not in healthcare settings and so we're going to again break this down what it actually means but also i want to know this is the thing we have to be okay with whatever the conclusion is whatever your bias is be ready that's the thing. We've got to be able to put our biases to the side and actually look at the results scientifically. Now, this particular conclusion of the study, which again, we're going to break down all the pieces. We're going to actually look at the references. The conclusion of the analysis states the study suggests that community mask use by well people, healthy people, keyword, It could be beneficial, particularly for COVID-19, where transmission may be pre-symptomatic. Again, this could be very confusing if you're not putting your bias aside and cross-referencing things, being aware of the intention of the humans who are putting the data together here, because this is an instance where a bias can cause you to only see what you want to see, and you're going to find out. The only real definitive language here in their results came in the form of medical masks being not effective and cloth masks being even less effective. Everything else was a lot of could and maybes. And now you're going to see why. So the first set of references, looking at community mass trials. Again, they said in the results that it, in the community, masks appear to be effective with and without hand hygiene. So now we're actually going to look at the reference. Where did they get that conclusion from? Where did they get the particular results? We're going to go and cross-reference this data. 
All right, this is a very important thing to do, again, with a very contentious subject. Let's actually go and look at the specific studies that they use to come to the conclusion. Right off the bat, you're looking at the first reference here that was published in 2008 by Cowling and Company. Again, randomized controlled trial, peer-reviewed, published study found. When it comes to mask effectiveness in the community, their conclusion was NS or statistically significant. I'm sorry, not st- statistically significant. NS, not significant. Let's put it that way. There was no statistical significant finding with the mask intervention. That's the first of the community mass trial references that was used to come to the conclusion of the overall paper. Second one, this one by McIntyre and company in 2009. The result, the mask intervention was found to be, again, not significant. And it's right there in the reference if people care to look at it. Let's move on to the next of the references here. This was by Cowling and Company in 2009. And so Cowling came back. Their team had a study published in 2008. They did another one in 2009. The results stated not significant. Mask plus hand hygiene protective against lab-confirmed influenza if used within 36 hours. Now, this seems a bit confusing but not significant. Then we've got masks plus hand hygiene protective against lab-confirmed influenza if used within this particular day and half time frame. So let's look at the study itself. It's all confusing shit. And this particular study was published in the Annals of Internal Medicine and the study stated hand hygiene with or without face masks, seemed to reduce influenza transmission, but the difference compared with the control group were not significant. Also, interventions were implemented within 36 hours of symptom onset, and the index patient transmission of RT-PCR, confirmed infection, whatever the fuck that disease is, it seemed reduced. And this is one of the overall assessments. Adherence to the intervention varied. We observed contamination between groups because both interventions were practiced to some degree in the control group. Only half of the index patients in the face mask plus hand hygiene group reported regular use of the surgical mask during the follow-up. Well, that's interesting. So only half of the people did what they were supposed to fucking do for the study. Face mask adherence among household contacts was lower. So some of the people in the control group wore masks and washed their hands frequently in the study, really muddying up the waters, and nearly half the people in the mask group actually wore their masks. So this particular study I'm talking about is really not that well done. It doesn't come to a lot of viable information. That's why I wanted to examine it more and extrapolate Hey, this study overall, this meta-analysis of all these studies saying this community mask use was effective. Well, uh, again, it doesn't really seem like it. Seems like bullshit. So, let's move on to the next reference. Here. And this is from Alio. Alio. A. I. E. L-L-O and Company in 2010. 
This particular study was published in the Journal of Infectious Diseases. And the results stated, intention to treat non-significant, non, remember this, non-significant results. Yet again, mask plus hand washing protective in weeks four through six of observation and beyond. So this is a conflicting statement again. So let's look at the study. The results of the study state, we observed significant reduction in influenza-like illness during weeks four through six in the mask plus hand hygiene group compared to the control group. That's strange. In weeks four through six, why not week one through three? Face masks alone. Again, listen to this part. Face mask use alone showed a similar reduction in influenza-like illness compared to the control group, but adjusted estimates were not statistically significant. Neither face mask use or hand hygiene nor face mask use alone was associated with a significant reduction in the rate of influenza-like illness cumulatively. So it's not looking good. The references, references saying that the mask use was effective in the community. What the fuck are they talking about? The results seem different. Every reference we're looking at is not actually saying the mask use was effective in the community. But yet that's the hypothesis at the end. But you look at the data and it's different. Let's take a look at the last couple of references here for the community setting. Next one was Larson and Company, published in 2010, published in the Public Health Reports. Research stated that mass plus hand hygiene plus health education protective against secondary transmission measured by confirmed influenza and influenza-like illness. Now, taking a peek at this study itself, the researchers come to the conclusion that masks are protective despite there not being a mask-only group in the study. And despite, this is important, very important, there wasn't a mask-only group in the study. And despite the acknowledgement that compliance with mask wearing was very poor, again, there's some conclusion here that there was efficacy found, but the data is so contradictory in the study itself, we can't say for certain if this is going to be viable to actually demonstrate efficacy of masks in a community. So, the hypothesis again, completely contradictory to the evidence in the research. Do people only read the hypothesis without looking at their evidence? Seems to be. Not many people are looking at the actual stats and data behind these research studies. Okay, we got Simmerman Company published a study in 2011. Research concluded no significant difference in confirmed influenza infection. Yet again, Susan Company in 2012, again, results of the intervention with masks were found to be non-significant. Now we just went through all eight references for this mask efficacy in a community setting. What did you notice? What was the consistent trend? What did you hear most often, most often out of all these research studies? Significant scientific data and research studies. The main thing they all seem to say is 
not statistically significant to wear masks over and over and over and over again. So what we're doing here right now, this is science. Me and you providing science to the world. Yes, look at the data. Don't look at what the hyperbole, the bullshit is, the hypothesis of the governing body that tries to skew your belief at the end of the research, hoping you'll never look closely at the data. So it's not opinion. This is what the data shows. It would be different, okay, if I was just making up shit. I'm looking at scientific studies. I mean, I'd be wearing a mask right now if data showed that statistically you are more likely to have a better, safer life with less bacteria and viruses and it was better for you than put a mask on. Not what I'm finding. And it's not me being a conspiracy theorist. This is actual scientific data provided to the world. So you can look at it too. Everyone I've mentioned who did the study and what journal it was in. Look it up for yourself. I mean, once COVID-19 hit the scene, it's like everybody started stating to the community that masks are effective with or without hand hygiene. It's bullshit. It's simply not true from the data from scientific studies. Why did they do this? Why are they thinking this? Is it control? What it demonstrates to me researchers coming in with strong cognitive bias and looking for things that aren't actually there or they're just ignoring things that don't fit their belief system. And to be a good scientist, you got to be able to check your bias at the door and look at the data like a logical, rational human being, like a robot almost, and be willing to be wrong as well as right. So now we're going to take a look at the healthcare setting in this big meta-analysis of multiple randomized controlled trials. First one was published in 2009, 2009 not 19, 2009 by Jacobs and Company. And it was published in the American Journal of Infection Control and the Benefit of Masks. In this trial, as the report states, It's NS again, not statistically significant, not significant. Face mask use in healthcare workers has not been demonstrated to provide benefit in terms of cold symptoms or getting colds. The conclusion is consistent with the findings of most, most all the scientific references I've just spouted off to you that you're seeing, hearing. But here's another interesting observation for everyone out there. When they tested for it in this particular study, not only were the masks not effective, but subjects in the mask group were significantly 
more likely to experience headaches during the study. Subjects in the mask wearing group were more significantly likely to experience headaches during the study. Okay, now obviously common causes of headaches in this particular context where we have an intervention where we have something covering our breathing pathways, this could be ranging from, if we're talking about cause, because that's the symptom, anywhere from excessive stress impacting the nervous system and or the endocrine system to abnormalities in uh, oxygen exchange to acute inflammation, on and on. We can't really identify what is the root cause in this particular patient or particular participant but we can start to question they're having side effects of a headache what's the underlying issue is this intervention hurting them how serious is this i mean because you are hurting them if they're getting headaches is it more severe than just headaches is there more problems now moving on to the next reference This one is published in 2009 by Loeb and Company, and it pitted surgical masks versus N95 masks without any control group and found no significant difference between surgical masks and targeted N95 masks. That's interesting because N95s are really pushed as being a superior surgical mask in this context. And we're going to talk more about this. But here in this instance, they found no significant difference between the two. Moving on to the next reference, published in 2011 in the peer-reviewed journal Influenza and Other Respiratory Viruses by McIntyre and Company. Found continuous N95 protective against clinical viral and bacterial endpoints. Okay. We got something that's demonstrating some some effectiveness in this one so that's great that's what they say let's look at the actual study itself now this was primarily a comparison of medical masks versus n95 masks versus fit tested n95 masks all right so we don't have a control group here that's not let's not worry about that let's just go on and see what they got so when we're saying we got some effectiveness effectiveness versus what We're looking at effectiveness within the triage of mask interventions. The primary findings looking at clinical respiratory illness, influenza-like illness, laboratory-confirmed respiratory virus infections were non-fit tested N95 respirators were significantly more protective than medical masks against clinically clinical respiratory illnesses, but not other outcomes were significant. So, one out of three were significant, right? Now, just to be clear, this was a non-fit tested N95 demonstrated more effectiveness than a surgical mask, just in one out of three categories. Again, this is great, right? N95s were found to be effective against clinical respiratory illness. In fact, they stated rates of infection in the medical mask group were double that in the N95 group. That's a pretty big statement, but keep in mind the results of the N95s 
were not statistically superior to surgical masks against influenza-like illness in laboratory-confirmed respiratory virus infections, according to the researchers here. Viruses are very tiny. They get through lots of masks. Yes, they do. And something else interesting in this trial was that there was no significant difference in the outcome between the N95 arm and without fit testing. This is very, very important takeaway from the particular study. Again, if we're looking at the data, a lot of folks believe that the fit-tested N95 is going to be far superior than the non-fit-tested N95, but this randomized controlled trial says otherwise. How many randomized controlled trials do we have that actually demonstrate that fit-tested is superior? Well, that's something to keep in mind because we do have some evidence showing that it doesn't make a difference. Now, another reference, which is similar, the study from McIntyre and Company in 2013 published in the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine, this time adds in targeted use of the N95 compared to medical mask or contagious, I'm sorry, not contagious, or continuous use of the N95. So we got targeted use of the N95 where the healthcare workers are putting on the N95 just in situations where they feel they are necessary and then not having it on at other times. You got continuous use of the N95 in this trial and then we got surgical masks. Here's what the study says. Continuous N95 use seems to be protective, but there were no difference between targeted N95 and medical masks. One other interesting finding here was that although there appeared to be no difference between targeted N95 and the surgical mask group, listen to this. The surgical mask group had significantly more bacterial colonization happening in their respiratory tract. What's up with that? What the fuck? Now we're going to move on to the next reference. McIntyre and Company. Again, they keep coming back. They like studying this shit. They've been studying masks for years. We should probably listen up to them. This was published in 2015. And this is actually our very well done study that we've already covered at the very beginning of the episode published in the BMJ looking at the effectiveness of surgical masks versus cloth masks versus control group that had very low mask compliance compared to all other mask group. All right. McIntyre just cracked the code. They came up with something really viable, finding again that clinical respiratory illness and laboratory confirmed respiratory virus infection. The effectiveness of surgical cloth mask and the control group using general practice with substantially lower mask wearing compliance. Outcomes were not statistically significant between the three arms, meaning no fucking difference. But the standout outcome from the study, again, was people wearing cloth masks were 13 times more likely to contract influenza-like illness than people wearing surgical masks and also significantly higher than the people in control group who had low mask compliance, meaning they hardly ever fucking wore it. So you got a higher chance wearing a cloth mask of getting fucking infections from viruses than not wearing them in the study. 
<sighs> Using this as a meta-analysis again, what we're looking for is reference and meta-analysis of 19 randomized controlled trials published in the International Journal of Nursing Studies. This study that was just mentioned in the BMJ, the one I mentioned at the top of the show and now, is probably the reason that the researchers here in this particular meta-analysis stated that medical masks are not effective and cloth masks are even less, less effective. All right? Medical masks, not effective. Cloth, math, cloth masks or your bandana or your bra or your underwear or whatever the fuck you're putting over your face, what everybody's used to wearing, the majority of Americans are even less effective than not effective. That's like a negative, meaning you're more susceptible to illness wearing it than not. That's the problem. If we look at this rationally, how can something be less effective than not effective? It sounds bad, all right? So we've got more, one more reference here. <sighs> Published in 2019 by Randon, Rand, Radinovich, must be Russian, R-A-D-A-N-O-V-I-C-H and company, Published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Big journal. They stated, among outpatient healthcare personnel, N95 respirators versus medical masks as worn by participants in the trial resulted in no significant difference in the incidence of laboratory-confirmed influenza. Fucking virus. They're all the same. No, I mean, not what they're going to do to you, but the size of them. Viruses are tiny. They go through masks. That's what these studies are confirming. You see the trend here again and again and again and again. The study owned language. No significant difference. No significant difference. NS. And so to outwardly state otherwise, after examining all the data again, something is wrong with this it doesn't add up now we got one more data set to look at so we looked at the community setting we looked at the healthcare setting now we're going to look at the final data set which was source control mass trials in this instance source control refers to the use of masks to cover a person's mouth and nose and to help reduce the spread of large respiratory droplets to others when the person talks sneezes or coughs so it's controlling the source of where it's coming from and it appears to be obvious that blocking one's mouth or nose would prevent the spread of bacteria, viruses, and other microbes. Microbes. It just seems logical, right? That's what I would think. Like if you're fucking sick and you wear a mask, that's great. Then you're really trying not to spread anything. You don't want to cough, sneeze, or breathe on another person when you're sick and a mask is going to catch that, right? Okay, if we're talking about bacteria, viruses, fungi, other microbes, these entities don't really operate on the obvious. And that should be really evident today, more than ever, in fact. They operate in a way that defies surface-level logic. The way we think. 
altogether. In reality, the actual size and capability of a bacteria or virus would shock a lot of people if they took the time to really think about this and kind of imagine what they look like. So we'll just use the size of a human hair for comparison. A single strand of human hair is about 80 micrometers in thickness, okay? So 80 micrometers is tiny. It's measured in micrometers to get to the size of a single bacteria. You have to divide, divide the width of a hair by 40 because a single bacteria cell is just 2 micrometers in width. So it's very, very small. Now, here's where it gets really uncanny is when you look at the size of a virus particle. A virus particle is actually too small to be measured in micrometers. <laughs> it's really small, right? It's measured in nanometers. And at the size of about 17 to 140 nanometers, you can actually fit... 100 or even a thousand of virus particles into a single bacterial cell. Again, thousands of viruses can fit into a single bacteria cell. These pathogens are inordinately small and the protective pore size of conventional cloth and surgical masks are literally fucking gigantic they're ginormous compared to the virus if you looked at this under a microscope or if you thought about this logically have you ever seen the fucking doctor who blows um vapor through a mask vapor the, the fumes the cellular structure of that itself is gigantic compared to a virus and it goes right through the fucking mask viruses travel in and out of a mask, no problem. But, okay, so the potential benefit of a mask is centered on the very limited hypothesis that if we simply attempt to block aerosols and droplets from coming out of a human body, you can stop the spread of infectious pathogens. Ugh. How does this work in reality? Because these are source control references we looked at. These source control references in this study are looking at the superficial observable control of aerosols and droplets, but it's not nearly as relevant or valid in establishing the clinical endpoint of whether or not people get sick. That's the thing. It's what we're missing. So we got to keep this in context. Source control matters, but does it actually stop people, stop other people from getting sick? Right off the bat, one of my issues that I would like to bring forward is the tendency to ignore basic law of physics when it comes to speaking into a mask, coughing into a mask, etc. In particular, we're talking about the majority of masks that folks are using are cloth or surgical masks. And what happens when you're talking, when you're coughing, when you're sneezing, when you're screaming, when you're doing whatever? There's a tremendous amount of aerosol and droplets that are spraying above the mask, under the mask, outside of the mask, and yes, notably, among of the projections, they go through the fucking mask, especially if worn for longer periods, because you are 
making a collection of bacteria and viruses that you are pushing out when you speak and breathe. Not to mention the trillions and trillions of virus particles that are literally just teeming on your body if you didn't already know that. If somebody's got a mask on. There's viruses all over their fucking face, all over their skin. It's in their hair, clothes. I mean, you've got a cloud of viruses hovering around you at all times. It's reality. It's ignored when looking into this very contentious issue, but that's physics. Also understanding that when we place this object over our breathing pathway, it's in fact becoming a traveling vector for pathogens. And that's just what it is. It becomes pretty... We're creating a microhabitat on our face within this mask and it's we're moving throughout the world with it and stuff and it's going to get pushed through and there's going to be an in, interaction with other things in the environment and we're all just carrying around this potential litter box collecting all this waste product Because here's the thing, bacteria makes waste too. Even the bacteria that we have within the human body, they're doing a lot of things that our body overall does. They're replicating, creating things, our waste products. So again, we're talking about a pretty nasty scenario and we're just kind of carrying around with us rather than it being dispersed into the environment by wearing a mask, which is how we evolved as a species without a mask on. So this is a new intervention. It's something new that we're experimenting with. And we're trying to look again logically, is this actually effective? To what degree is it effective? Or is it detrimental? Is there a downside to this intervention? But looking at the source control right now, we're looking at what are the results? So let's put pure, basic physics and logic to the side for a moment. Just look at the results in the source study, control references, all that. And here in the first source control reference, we have a study published in 2009 by Johnson and Company. And first and foremost, you've got to understand this is not based on real-world human-to-human confirmation of viral transmission. It's just having people cough into a fucking Petri dish. It's Still, that's where we're at right now. Their conclusion, no significant difference between surgical masks and N95 masks. They're equally effective when coughing into a Petri dish. That's great to know. Let's move on to the next source control study. (laughs) This one published in 2010 by Canini and Company. C-A-N-I-N-I and Company. Published in PLOS1. PLOS1. States, in various sensitivity analysis, we did not identify any trend in the results suggesting that there's effectiveness of face masks. Another study. Again, looking at source control right now, we're looking at source control. Here's another study finding no effectiveness with face masks. No effectiveness. No, no significant effectiveness. Let's look at the next reference under source control. This was published in 2016 by McIntyre and Company. This was published by the British Medical Journal, BMJ. Now, if you actually look at this study result, it says in an 
In an intention-to-treat analysis, rates of clinical respiratory illness, influenza-like illness, and laboratory-confirmed viral infections were consistently lower in the mask arm compared to the control group, although not statistically significant. A post hoc comparison between the mask versus no mask groups showed a protective against clinical respiratory illness, but not against influenza like illness and laboratory confirmed viral respiratory infections. This is good. We've got a little bit of eff- efficacy in this data here with mask versus a control group in the context. Again, the results were not st- statistically significant, but we got at least something for the people that believe in mask. The next source control reference we have is published in 2014. We got Barashid, B-A-R-A-S-H-E-E-D and company putting mask on a tiny group of pilgrims and no mask on the other pilgrims. Again, this is a tiny data set. They said laboratory results do not show any difference between the two groups. Masks didn't do shit. Here we are at the final one of our control references, published in 2020 by Long and Company. Again, is well, it's not based on real-world human-to-human confirmation of viral transmission. It is just having people cough into a collection device. Here's what the study found. Coronavirus found an exhaled breath of no mass subjects, but not in mask wearers. Again, they were using a collection device where it was directly in front of them, having them cough a few times to get the particle result or this particular outcome. It's not accounting for a basic real-world scenario like the diminishing returns based on duration of time your mask is worn. The droplets and aerosol spraying out of the sides of the mask. And the most important factor, which is, do you actually see the other people getting sick when you're wearing a mask versus not wearing a mask? Now, based on the data that we've already covered to reference, this study is just grasping for branches because nearly every one of the references that we covered were literally... We've literally gone through this, through every single one of these references in this meta-analysis, and they all are references concluding the same version of no significant difference of wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. doesn't even depend on what kind of mask. It fucking doesn't make a difference. No statistical difference. So how on earth do you get to a conclusion where the researchers doing this meta-analysis state that the study suggests that community masks used by well people could be beneficial, particularly for COVID-19, where transmission may be pre-symptomatic? How do you get to that conclusion? Based on your own data? That's not good science. That's not ethical. The data doesn't say that. In fact, it says the opposite. And we have to stand for logic. We cannot solve these issues if we're not being logical. The only study I've shared with you that says mask work was in COVID-19 era. After it already happened. It's probably a biased study. 
done by people that want you to wear a fucking mask. If the data says the masks are doing all these wonderful things, like we just covered, well, then I would say amazing. If all the data said do it, it works, then I would just say we need to put our masks on. But that's not what the fucking data says. Scientific placebo-controlled, double-blind, whatever the fuck. The best studies, everything I've thrown forward here that you can look up yourself, they don't work. In fact, they may be harmful. In some studies, they were proven to be harmful. Got to ask yourself, what are we doing right now? With our own lives. There's a lot of things separating people. These masks are one of them. It seems very logical. From whichever side you stand on. Masks or no masks. But you just. You gotta think with logic. Look at the actual evidence. Don't just believe propaganda. All I care about is doing what's most effective for me and for you. I want to provide you with information that can help you. Understand that I believe that the masks are a control by the government. Just to see maybe if we're stupid enough to fucking do it. Or maybe they do have studies that have not been published that proves that it can actually cause more infections, which is what they want. I don't know. You can hypothesize a lot, but I'm just going by the numerous studies that I have observed that show that there is no effectiveness of using any type of fucking mask. In fact, the worst of them is cloth mask, which is the majority of what people are using. Some studies showed that it even can make you Worse can make it easier to catch an infection or a virus or spread it. Think about it. The accumulation of shit that's on that fucking mask that you're breathing in and out. The moisture content, the virus, the bacteria. Do you use the same mask over and over? Do you change it out every couple hours? Fuck no. Most people don't do it. It's not going to work. So, I'm just trying to keep it real, like always, with you folks. And if anybody wants to get into these studies and bring up something to their local magistrate or governor or do something in politics with it, more power to you because I think more people need to know the truth. I mean, what is the reason that health officials in every country are acting like these real-world randomized controlled trials that we just covered do not exist. They existed at the beginning. You've got the data, a non-biased position, 
I tried to reserve my bias as much as I could presenting it to you, but why are they hiding this and pushing forward with everybody in lockdowns and cloth masks? Cloth masks are clearly problematic from the studies. So why are they telling you to wear them? It's not even ethical. And so once I understood this data, I can kind of step into a more clear conclusion that supports what I already believed. Health officials are acting like these real-world randomized controlled trials don't exist, and instead they keep referring to observational studies. Observational studies, by their very nature, are unreliable, unclear, and open to a massive amount of bias and co-founding factors. That's not scientific. There's no specific interventions that are being employed. There's not a specific intervention being done, and you're not tracking for a specific outcome in these studies. It's just observing, and we'll see what happens. A sprinkle of this there, a little bit there, over there, that, this, that, whatever. This sounds good. Um, blah, blah, blah. Observational. I say this. Whatever. You can get a really nice sounding hypothesis out of this bullshit. But a randomized controlled trial is going to beat it. Because it's scientific, it's factual, it's got data and numbers behind it. It's not just you observing. So, health officials deferring to observational studies and theoretical models. Keyword theoretical means not real world based or actual evidence-based occurrences, but theoretical models, they continue to make generous assumptions in their own benefit and design to push upon all of the citizens of whatever country you live in. One such analysis that made tremendous amount of headlines in June 2020 was conducted by researchers at Texas A&M. Fuck! And I live in Texas, and these son of a bitches are doing this shit. Declaring that face masks prevented more than 66,000 infections in New York City in less than a month. The lead researcher stated by analyzing the pandemic trends without face mask covering using the statistical method and by projecting the trend, we calculated that over 66,000 infections were prevented by using a face mask in little over a month in New York City. Yet again, if you actually read the study, it's a study affirming how droplets and aerosols travel, which we already know. It's not a study on mask effectiveness. It's not. It's not using masks as an intervention anywhere in this fucking study. It's a theoretical model based on the movement of aerosols and droplets, which again, this study claimed the mask completely prevents. 66,000 infections are based on this assumption. Why do we not have a serious problem with this bullshit fucking study being tossed around or any of the other ones? They throw that out there as a fact and it's a fucking presumptuous study based on spreading of aerosols completely being cut off by mask wearers. No fact behind it. Just pure assumption. And we know by the research we looked at, 
masks do not block aerosols. They do not. So, how can you make that assumption? How can any scientist say that? How can any university back it up? How can it be put on the news? How can the government fucking say it? I don't know. But it's not science. It's not science. What's happening in the real world now? It's not science. Everybody's assuming the mass work. It's not based on data. The real world data, the scientific studies that we have again, say no. They don't work. Again, the assumption of universal conditions is not how science works. It's not how viruses work in the real world. Statistical modeling is a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool. The model is only as good as the assumption of your test. Not a test. Your study or whatever your presentation. Whatever the fuck you want to call that bullshit that I just read. So 66,000 infections prevented. I mean, come on. That's just bullshit not based on reality and again statistical modeling can be an effective tool to make guesses and hypotheses but it's a tool it's not just straight up science it's guesses it's a model and it's only as good as the assumptions that are put into it so just know for now the government is working with social media and regulatory agencies to quiet, to, to quieten people, to shut them up. Motherfuckers like me. Yes, me. I'm fucking talking about shit that they don't want you to talk about. So could this get deleted? Yes. Could my show get banned? Yes. But I got to bring this forward because I believe in it. I believe you should know. Lockdowns haven't proven to do anything. Masks haven't proven to do anything. Yet I swear some people would punch you in the face if you're not wearing a mask in some areas or shoot you with a gun because they're so brainwashed. They believe the data being presented to them without actually knowing the truth and you can't blame them because they don't know any better. So we got to be the light out there. Us that are informed, that are enlightened, that do know the truth. Share it. Dig into these resources. If you don't want to, share this podcast with people that are mask or die. Let them know that there is research, scientific out there. Not just people with random guesses and hypotheses and they're anti-vaxxers and anti-mask. This is just raw data I spit out to you that supports the fact that masks are not going to do you any good. In fact, they may make you catch an illness. They may make you worse and actually make you more of a, of a risk to be around because you're carrying viruses, bacteria, and moisture trapped in that mask that's holding these things hostage Until the next breath or the next cough or the next time you talk to spray them out on someone. And they grow. 
So don't, if you're wearing masks, try and change them out as often as you can if you have to. And if you don't have to wear a mask, don't fucking do it. And I don't think anybody should be forced to wear a mask because I'm in America. And it still doesn't matter in America. There's still places that make you wear masks. I'm in Texas. Mostly we've got a governor that's supportive of the constitutional rights and of freedom. So I'm lucky. But some people don't have the choice and you must adhere. Do what you must. Change your mask out as often as you can for your own safety. Because it's not just about other people. You're going to have more of a chance of getting other people sick. But yourself, you're collecting bacteria, viruses, and moisture. And the perfect environment for growth of these little bastards. So, just know, they don't do anything. They're not helping anybody. It's a control scheme. Why? I don't know. I don't understand the, the, the whole benefit behind all this. But there's lots of people that have done dirty, rotten, twisted, crooked shit over time in powerful positions to their people. This is a worldwide thing. So how could it be worldwide? Well, I don't know. But I do know this much. I follow the science. And the science is what matters, people. So for now... I think you all should take this information and do the best you can with it. Examine the data or listen to this very closely. Share it with who you can. Rate and review the show if I'm helping you out. Studies that I went through are shared by Sean Stevenson. He's the guy that I found this from. He did all the legwork, not me. I looked at all this stuff because of him. He's amazing. Okay? So, check out Mr. Sean Stevenson. And his name is S-H-A-W-N. Last name Stevenson. S-T-E-V-E-N-E. S-O-N. Sean Stevenson. Amazing man in the nutritional world, the health world. He loves and cares about people. And he brought this unbiased scientific research forward for all of us to know and share with one another. So, I got a hold of it. I looked into it. And I brought it to you. So now you know about masks. What are you going to do about it? Well, that's all up to you. I shared it with you so you can be informed. And that's what a podcast is all about. Giving you information. So, like it, rate it, review it, share it. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so. Look for the anchor link that takes you to the support page keep the boat floating keep me going i would appreciate it much love to all you people out there wearing masks and not wearing masks i wish the best health and the best outcome to all of you i love everyone going through this and wish you the best from the bottom of my heart and hope that you are all doing well 
And my condolences to all who that have experienced somebody passing from COVID-19. It's a horrible thing that we've all had to deal with. So, like I said, much love to you. Stay strong. We'll all get through this. I do believe eventually the world will return to normal. Until then, take care of yourself. And I'll catch you on the next episode of Keeping It Real. Later. Keeping It Real. Do not consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. I do deconstruct some experts and their material and deliver it to you. But please do all of this at your own risk.